Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests, correspondence, and inquiries for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can go to warren-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com to download and listen to the shows and find the Spreaker app. And you can also find Warren Radio on these following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us. Your interaction helps us a lot. And don't miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Persecution, murdering of the just. You have just killed the just, and he does not resist you, so says James. Scripture itself points to the difference between the just and the wicked. And don't miss, I am searching the reins and hearts. I am the light which penetrates the darkness and exposes the dark secrets hidden within. Don't miss faith, final end of days. As Meridian, mer, mer, as myriads of families worldwide simply want to enjoy each other's company live and be happy, there are those who plot evil. You can find the Classic Warren Radio episodes in the nav bar under Classic Warren Radio or on our front page at warren-usa.com. And don't miss the Moses series Man of God Classic Warren Radios. This is a Classic Warren Radio three-part series. And don't miss Persecuted Christians. No freedom of, li- of religion. Persecuted persecuted Christians, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. In John 18, we find in verse 18 the phrase, if the world hates you, and don't miss destiny's prophetic progress America. What is the progress of this destiny to which a minority seeks? Where is this coming from? Why is America in denial over those who blatantly threaten the American way of life. Be sure to get the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglennsmith.com where you can sign up and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop on danaglennsmith.com 
We feature Christian books and other resources from our vision media. And now I invite the Watchmen to join us for the Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted Church. It's a fast-moving gospel news program. Greetings, Dana. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, doing good on this bright, hot, well, you know, this is like summer. Yeah, it is. June, we're in June. June 2nd, 3rd, June 3rd. June 3rd, let's see, seven more days from now, a special day. Huh. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, and we're not going to say what it is, but it's a special day for Tower and I. <laughs> Let's see. We're getting close to five decades. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that sounds like a That's long time. That's our wedding anniversary, and we'll be married five decades. Well, not quite. 48 years. That's a long time. Yeah, well, 48. As long as we've been married 48, I, you know, just count it five and be done with it. Yeah, round, round it, it off. <laughs> you know, so yeah. at any rate. Uh, we're, and We're still in Isaiah. Isn't that amazing? We're going to be in Isaiah for a while, which is okay with me. I have no problem with that. I like Isaiah. And some of the best prophecies concerning the Messiah are coming. Yeah, the, that's exciting. These are really good. And this is the part the Jews don't like, those that don't like Christianity. Remember, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I told that one Jew that got mad at me for writing an article about the Messiah, Jesus, Yahshua. He called me an anti-Semite and the Lord uh, <laughs> Antichrist or an anti, you know, false prophet. And... Uh, you know, the you thing of it didn't is... didn't read the article. Yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate. Yeah. I told him, I, I quoted Paul who said in Romans 11, they are enemies of the gospel for your sake. Uh, he's definitely uh, an enemy of the gospel, and they're going to be that way until they're no longer blinded. That's right. And we can't make them unblind. That, that's got to come from the Lord. But see, there's a lot of Gentiles that are blinded too. So it just ain't Jews. Yes, sirree. <clears throat> so we are in Isaiah 35. We'll begin it. Uh, before we get to 35.5, we got to go through a few things here. But this is part 92. And it's redeemed blessings. Finds its way to this episode of Isaiah's prophetic book. It is not a stretch to say the prophetic linkage to the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ our Lord, is found in the phrase, redeemed blessings. So that's part 92. 
So at any rate, I'm going to go. Okay. See you on the other side. Okay. So we left off, and we did cover Isaiah 35, 3, and 4, and i like to take you back. We do have some cross-references that I have to go through. Uh, 35, uh, 3 says, Strengthen you, the weak hands, confirm the me uh, feeble knees. Say to them that are a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Now, see, there's one thing the Lord did do. And that is, he delivered Judah out of the hands of Babylon after 70 years. And so, after <clears throat> so long of a time in Babylon, you begin to think you'll always be there. And there were those, I mean, even Daniel said he discovered in the book of Daniel that it would be 70 years. I mean, nobody even talked about it, Daniel did, until he, he was reading because he wanted to find out. You know, probably, you know, I want to find out how long we're supposed to be here. And so, at any rate, uh, uh, you know, when you look at it, you get to the point where you lose hope. You're, you're not sure. I'm going to be here forever, you know. And Isaiah is telling them in this prophecy that you need to be strong. Because the Lord is going to come. You are going to be delivered. You're not going to be in Babylon forever. And, uh, and the same thing, you know. We're not always going to be... Uh, Christians in a divided world and Jews in a divided world and and you know everything else one day Yahshua is coming back and uh, today we need to strengthen our weak hands we need to confirm or strengthen uh, uh, you know make these feeble knees strong and our fearful heart better stop being fearful because fear is is uh, one of those things that can steal your victory and your faith so at any rate, um, there's a lot of things, but there's one thing that uh, I wanted to look at in Hebrews 12, 6 through 7. And this is relevant, you know, to us today. And uh, the Hebrews know about the chastening of the Lord <clears throat> because a lot of the prophets were sent by the Lord to tell them and chastening followed. Many times they came on the heels of chastening, or chastening was ongoing. Um, and so, as the Lord said, you know, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. That was their answer to a bad message. You know, you're telling me this, I don't want to hear it, so we're going to stone you. And in verse 6, for, ho for whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I like dealing with this verse. Because in John 3.16, it says, for God lo uh, loves the whole world. For God so loveth all the world, all them that are in it. He doesn't like what they're doing. But he loves those who are fallen his creation and as many as he loves he chastens just think of that so if if you think that Christians never get chastened then you're not fully aware they do and chastening goes on is ongoing with the Lord and Paul goes on to say if you endure chastening as if well maybe you're not going to endure it and, and there are people that don't don't believe in this kind of stuff but it goes on 
chastening sent by the Lord to wake you up, to get you where you need to be. That's exactly what God does when he sends judgment. He warned Israel, the northern tribes. He warned Judah. And the northern tribes went into captivity. And then, of course, before Judah did, they, they had gone. And so then you have Jeremiah warning them for a long, long time. And finally they went into captivity and was there for 70 years. So, you know, the bottom line of this, that's a lot of chasing. That's really past chasing. That's full out judgment. And so when Paul talks about chastening, there is actually biblical stuff in the New Testament for things further than just chastening. When you refuse to listen. Paul goes so far as to even say he turns such a one over to Satan so that the soul might be saved, that through that intense punishment brought on by the enemy, they would repent and the soul would be saved. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Well, in today's society... You know, uh, when I was being raised, Tower was being raised, and probably during our kids. But there was a big push, um, probably about um, the time our kids were uh, a little older, you know, not not young, that they started changing how you needed to raise your children. And, of course, we know how the communists in China like to raise the children. They want to take all the kids. And raise them up how they want to. And that's exactly how they all get indoctrinated and get blinded. That's how North Korea, Kim Jong-un and his family can stay in power. Because they take the children and convince them of lies. And if you look today in America, our problem is the younger generation who has been convinced and trained by those within our educational system who are liberals, who are socialists, who have changed the moral foundations of this society and as if uh, Marxism is going to change America, it's uh, uh, save America. It's not. It'll ruin America. But the thing that caused the ruination is not the, uh, the Marxism. It is the sin. So Paul goes on to say, if you're without chastisement, where of all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons? And see, I can tell you, if you're in some of the churches that I know and uh, some of the churches I've even pastored, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you tell them, you know, if you don't listen, if you're going to be without chastisement, you know, this chastisement falls on everybody. But if you're not going to listen, you're a bastard. <laughs> that, that ain't going to, that's Paul's words, you're bastards. I mean, Wow. So much for easy peasy Paul. <laughs> but see, we, we don't like that. See, we're in the user-friendly church where we don't tell people that. And of course, Israel was the same way. They didn't want to hear it either. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. How much more shall we be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? And he goes on to say in verse 11, No chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are uh, are exercised thereby. I like that phrase. You see, <laughs> it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness 
upon whom the chastening is applied. Uh, that is, if you receive the chastening. If you don't receive the chastening, you're a bastard. You're not a son because you have to be in the light as the Lord is in the light, First John 1. Uh, and you can't say that you're his son and walk in darkness. That's not fellowship. And so he says, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. Now, exactly, that is exactly what Isaiah is saying in Isaiah 35, uh, verse 3 and 4. To strengthen those which hang down. You know, I mean, you're going through punishment, but strengthen them because your time, God, is finished. You're going to be getting out of there. Paul says that, and he puts that after he tells you that after this chastening comes, and that is, of course, again, if you've received it, then it'll yield righteous fruit in you, and you will be healed and so Paul says, don't be, <laughs> you know, in the mully grubs, so to speak. Don't, you know, feel weak and sad and your hands hanging down and pity party me and, oh, what am I going to do? No, you, you know, once you get through this and you repent fully like you should, you know, it's done with. You're restored. I mean... Rejoice in the Lord. Lift up. Be strong. Walk strong. Walk tall. Now, you see, there's sin in America. There's all kinds of sin going on, and we're heading where we're going because of sin. I've been warning about this for a long time, but my head doesn't hang down. I know where I stand with the Lord. I give the message I'm supposed to be given. I don't like what I see, but it's got to be. It is chastening in America to wake Americans up. Now, America, you need to wake up. And if you're not going to wake up, America's going to be a bastard son. But see, God isn't here to save America. God is here to save those in America who will repent because America eventually is going to go down. But I hope that in God's judgment, we'll find mercy. So this leads us, you know, to the fact that we're in verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Now you know the thing about this. You know, you can see... Judah coming back after all the judgment. I mean, suddenly you're not wanting to do the idolatry you were doing. And this was even done by the priests and the prophets and the political establishment. But you see, once God brings deliverance, I mean, when Assyria came to the gates of Jerusalem, they had destroyed everything, overrun everybody. And they figured Jerusalem would be a piece of cake. That's where they got beat. Because the Lord God was standing there to defend Israel because they happened to have Isaiah along there. They also happened to have Hezekiah. 
But see, uh, Isaiah went ahead and prophesied not only about Assyria, but he prophesied about Babylon as well. Because this experience with uh, Assyria did not teach him in the long run. They turned back, and that's how they wound up in Judah. And that judgment fell harsh on the temple and the temple priests and everything. That's why God carried away everything captive, because the sin was in the house of God. Okay, he even told Jeremiah to go into the temple and see what abominations they're doing in his temple. Now, see, this is the thing. You can claim them churches in America and around the world as being holy, but only God can tell you that. And I can tell you there's sin in the pulpit, there's sin in the churches, there's sin in America, there's sin in the Christians in this country, and this country needs to wake up. And a lot of these uh, faith preachers and these money preachers, they need to take another look because if not, their reward, they've already gained it because they won't have one in the hereafter. I'm not here to play games. I'm here to tell you the way it is. And when we get to verse 5, verse 6, this is after a judgment came upon Israel. And if God sent Israel into captivity, and in if he destroyed his own temple with his name, and destroyed the priests who were supposed to stand up with him, and destroyed the prophets and the king, then by as there's a God in heaven by his holy name, I can tell you that God is not going to put up with mealy-mouthed politicians in America, mealy-mouthed ayatollahs in Iran, big-mouthed uh, Jewish, uh, you know, uh, leaders and whatever that think they know everything. Although Israel is back in the land, he's not going to put up with their stuff either. He's going to lead Israel into redemption. And so they're going to go through some fire. America's going to go through the fire. And all them communists over there in China, that and they are communists, they're about and they love it. They're making war against the church and against the Lord Jesus Christ, Yahshua. Uh, they're going to find out that God is going to send stuff into their midst. They're not going to be... Uh, they may be the year of the dragon, but he's going to be deaf, blind, dumb, and he's going to be dragging around on one leg. His tail's going to be broken. His teeth are going to fall out. And he's going to be half blind. So make no mistake. God can judge the wicked. He can judge China. He will judge China. He will judge North Korea. He will judge Russia. He will judge the nations of men. And this is what this needs to tell you then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. They're not going to be opened until God awakens them from the sleep. Now, there's many others that are already awoke. They're where they need to be. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. It's amazing, even as Christians, when you become a follower of the Lord and he... You know, you're born again. You've truly repented. There's regeneration. Born again by the Spirit of God. Suddenly your desires are not the same. And, and in our program on Wednesday night, we talked about the power of God. There's a number of firsthand um, stories that we did about those who got redeemed. I mean, God is a delivering God. He's not a God to keep you in your sin for crying out loud. And in verse 6 it says, Then the lame man shall leap as a heart. What did Peter say to the man that was healed? He says, Stand up on your feet. 
You know, I mean, the apostles were going around and people were getting healed. And if you're healed, don't sit on the ground anymore. Get up. Move around. Leap. Or if you're blind, you can suddenly see. The tongue of the dumb shall sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Now, you know, we talked about this being uh, some of the signs of Israel returning as well. And that's true. But, you know, folks, to be uh, real truthful, if you don't know the Lord, you know, there's a wilderness in your body. There's a desert in your spirit. And the only way that desert can be productive and have water, life-sustaining water, is through Yahshua. The only way. The lame man shall leap as a heart. The tongue of the dumb shall sing. And I, I think of... When everybody comes marching to Zion, and there's a song, Zion, Zion, marching to Zion. That's going to be a wonderful day. Now, you may not even get this. But see, we're not always going to be in this situation. One day we will be totally, fully, 100% ridiculous. Now, today I say I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's faith. But there's a fulfillment of that faith. I want to place these feet in my redeemed body, that is. And I want to walk alongside the Messiah. I want to touch him. I want to look in his eyes. I want to see others. I want to walk in a non-cursed world. I want to see this kingdom. I want to be in that kingdom. I don't want to live forever in America and in a world that's full of sin. I'm here for a short time. And the rest of the short time we're here, we're preaching and teaching the Word of God, we're writing articles, we're publishing books, and we're going to do that as long as God will give us strength and we can do it. But we're not going to surrender. We're not going to bow down to the sins of America or the sins of the world. We're not going to walk in fear. We're going to walk in faith. We're going to move forward as we need to move forward. And I rebuke each and every one of you believers that don't believe that. Stand up on your feet. Look to the Lord. Act as if you've got faith. Know in whom you have believed. Because we're the winners here. We're not the ones at fault. And I can tell you, when you get over in places like Iran, when you get in places like China and North Korea, when you get in places like North um, Nigeria and in Kenya, and you get over in Pakistan, you get in India, the Christians are oppressed. The Christians are facing a lot of trouble. They face death daily, and many times it's hard to look up. Many times it's hard to have eyes that are open. It's hard to believe. It's hard to have faith, but you believe anyway. I'm telling you today that if you're sitting in America today and you think you've got all the faith in the world, you haven't seen nothing. Wait till you get over there on the other hand. When you're faced with death day after 
after day and nothing seems to change. You have people dying all around you for their faith. And you're sitting there wondering if there's a God in heaven, why does he let it happen? I'm telling you today, Joshua spent 40 days fasting and praying and he was in that wilderness and he defeated the devil. And we are in a wilderness of the world today and the Joshua is with us. And through fasting and praying, he is our water of life. He is our sustaining water. And in this desert, we can bring victory. In this desert, we can deliver life-giving water. In this desert, we can bring truth. And it's up to you to choose life versus death, barren versus plenty and blessing. It is up to you. Now, one of the miracles you can look in Matthew fifteen twenty-nine through 31. You know, the multitudes had followed him all over the place. And in verse 31 it says, When they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, they glorified the God of Israel. And along came a, a deaf, I mean a, a dumb and deaf boy. The parents brought him to him. And so the Lord said to the father, How long is it uh, since this came upon him? And he said it was a child. And, and you know, there is no doubt that demonic oppression or uh, a demonic illness, one that is caused by an affliction from the enemy, can come of a child. And also demon possession can come as a child. Many, you know, not a lot, but it can happen. And the father said it casts him into the fire in order to destroy him. This is a typical de demonic uh, possession. And he told the guy, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. See, now the devils know who the Lord is. See, they don't automatically leave when he shows up. He's got to cast them out. And they don't argue. But they will stay in that boy until someone with power tells them to leave. They don't have to listen to you just because you're a Christian. And so the father cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You know, see, we're too proud in America to say that. But this guy really loved his kid. You can tell. He believes that the Lord can do it, but he himself had unbelief. He believed in the Lord, and in many times we get that way. We believe that God can heal us, but he won't heal us. Or it's been too long. And, and I've seen this in action. I've seen it in action with loved ones. And sometimes healing don't come. Sometimes deliverance doesn't. Now, I can tell you names of people, even of Christians, who believed and still died. But had they been in front of the Lord that day, he would have healed them. Because he healed everybody they brought to him. 
the problem we have today is you bring them to the church and they don't always get healed. That's a fact. It doesn't mean that Christ can't heal. It means we can't access the healing because of our own unbelief. My grandmother died of breast cancer. And the elders of the church came and specially prayed for her. Now my dad, who was a new Christian at that time, he'd been a Christian for a while, but when she died, that experience went with him all of his life. He still believed in the Lord, but he didn't believe in the healing like that. And when my own mother got so sick, he took care of her and he loved her. But he went to the doctors to help her. I won't go into it. It's very painful. But I would have given anything to see her delivered. But Tower and I agreed together. And we went in and prayed for her. And she was well. I visited them a week later and I told them both that they needed to get in church and believe God and thank Him for the healing. Which never happened. They never got back in church. They didn't change their lifestyle. And mom got worse. But I know that she was healed when we left her. An amazing deliverance right away. But you see, these are painful things. But see, the same thing with judgment. The same thing with God's truth. There's a heaven, there's a hell, there's Christians, there's non-Christians. And just because it says Christian, that's just a name that came later. We believe in the only begotten Son of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, His Son, Yahshua, in the English, Jesus Christ, is the one that died for our sins, and by His stripes we have been healed. And He's coming to heal, deliver, and to judge. In verse 7 it says, In the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. I like this verse because if you've ever been out in a desert, and it works real well with a long, flat horizon, and we have long, flat horizons, and the distance are mountains. And on a hot day, real hot day, you're out there, there's no trees. You look across the ground, you can see this, the heat rising. 
And as you watch it, suddenly those rising vapors you see become a mirage or a lake in water. And you actually think that. Now in the desert, when people are really tired and out of their mind, they see these mirages and they follow them. And in these places, you can have snakes and all kinds of things that make a, you know, that's where they live. It doesn't bother them at all, but you're going to die. But see, what this is pointing to is that God is going to heal. His presence, his blessing will heal the land. In Isaiah 43:20 it says the beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Now see, when we look at Isaiah, we see the Old Covenant. There's a lot of prophecies. You see, Yahshua talked about being he that gives that life-giving water. The woman at the well, he asked her for a drink. And she says, well, why do you ask me of drink? I'm a Samaritan. The Jews don't have anything to do with us. And he said, if you would know who you're talking to, you would have asked me of a drink. And you'll never be thirsty again. And she said, Lord, give me to drink. The Lord was very good at giving us pictures that out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's those who believe in him. Now you see, one of those rivers of water for me is when I look out and I see so many things that bother my spirit. I want America to repent. I want it to be healed. I want people overseas that we report on to be safe and be able to have their faith without being killed. I want peace. And I will mention it to the Lord because it's agonizing. And pretty soon, I will have a song on my lips. I've been singing more and more lately. They come out of nowhere. Right after I've been, all of a sudden, a song will come to mind. And I'll, I will sing it either quietly or out loud, depending on who's around. For five, ten minutes, that's all I'll sing. The Lord has given me a song in my heart so many times because that's the life-giving water that's in me. The Lord sees it. 
and the Lord is coming. And he is going to heal. Not just the Gentiles. Not just the Christian church. But he will heal Israel. He will heal the rift between Ishmael and Isaac. And he will send those who were wicked to their reward. Now in Isaiah 35, 8, it gets really exciting. It says, a highway shall there be in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. You see, when it talks about no unclean thing, that is just that. And there will be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord. Old Testament phrase meaning unclean thing. No unclean, whether it's among the Jews or the Arabs or the other Gentile population. Only those who were purified and sanctified through Yahshua, who have gone through the fire. And that itself can be just summed up as life itself, but also we are in the end of days and there's fire coming. This particular highway, though, Kylan Delish sum it up. To them and them alone does this road belong. This road which Jehovah has made and secured, which so readily strikes the eye that even an idiot could not miss it while it lies too high that no beast of prey, however powerful, could leap up to it. There's a way of holiness. There's a path that multitudes are going to walk when you go into Zion. And people, even if they were a fool on the side of the road, would know where it went to. And even if there was the largest beast to pray, he could not enter in. It was only for those who are purified in the way of holiness through the blood of Yahshua and through the fire. And when I see this, a song comes to mind, marching, marching, marching to Zion. 
And I'm not talking about Jerusalem. But Jerusalem today is but a shadow of what the true Zion is going to be. Jerusalem today, spiritually speaking, is known as Sodom and Egypt. And it has had centuries of bloodshed that has stained the land. And people today still fight over it. Peter says this in First Peter 2, 7 through 10. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But in, unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same has become the head of the corner. Now the stone which the builders disallowed, he is the stone, the rock of offense. He's the one that Israel rejected. But he is the head of the corner. Upon him, we have the apostles and the prophets. A stone of stumbling. Israel stumbled at him. Many others stumble at him. And a rock of offense. Those in the faith of Yahshua or Jesus are hated and despised and killed and imprisoned. And even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereby, whereunto they were also appointed. In America, we have those who are disobedient to the faith, and they're in the church, and they're pastors, and they teach stuff that is disobedient, that is offensive, and they are offended at the rock, Yahshua, and the faith. And they have changed it. And they will pay for their reward. Because that reward is going to lead them to a place they don't want to go. But, Peter says, you are a chosen generation. Those who are not offended... Those who have not stumbled. <clears throat> Those who did not stumble at the word of God. Nor teach others. You're a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him. Who, have, who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time were not a people. The Gentiles were not a people. But Christ. Yahshua went to the Jews first. Then to the Gentiles. Paul was called to the Gentiles. But he went to his own people. Until he got to the point. Where he said fine. Your blood be on your own head. I now go to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were not of the people of God. The Gentiles did not have the promises. They didn't know anything. They were pagans, without God, without promises, without hope in the world. But now, this is through Yahshua, are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That is where we're at today. And there are Jews that have obtained true mercy. And there are Messianic believers who are in Israel today trying desperately, but they're believing God. 
because they're on the front lines. There's no spiritual warfare like the one you'll find in Jerusalem, I guarantee you. Because there are principalities warring over Jerusalem. They're warring over the souls of men and women. They're warring over the plight of the nations. And Jerusalem is the center. Now this is the one I like. 51.11 of Isaiah. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. For those of you who have been in the church, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. That's a joyful noise, folks. That's not in tune. But had I an accompanist on a piano, I would have hit that. Now you need to see yourself. The redeemed of the Lord. Now see... That means a lot for Israel. Those captives who were coming back, they were returning to Jerusalem after being freed from Babylon. But see, that was a long time ago. Now the Jews are scattered in the world. They've got some of them on a little itty-bitty place called Jerusalem with a little outcrop of some extra land. And they've got enemies everywhere. And God will be there for them. And the ransom of the Lord shall return. This is verse 10. And come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy. Love that verse. You see, Judah was ransomed, torn away from Babylon's hold. They were severed. They were released. They were delivered from bondage. And that bondage happened because of their own sins. But this also has a lot to do with today as believers in Yahshua being delivered from bondage because of our own sins. You know, we can throw... We can throw huge rocks and stones and little pebbles at Israel and the Jews. But the sins of the Gentiles, an avalanche of trouble and wrath is coming. Because while we think we're better, we're not. And only Christ is going to get this straightened out. Now, if you want a good picture of redemption, go to Revelation 7, 9 through 17. Now, I'm not going to read it all, but you can read this. This is really encouraging. After this, I beheld a great and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. 
and stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and crowd with a loud, cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Revelation 7. Now we enter in now, we'll be in chapter 36. You see, what we've been looking through is everything Isaiah had foretold. Isaiah 36 through 38 are a bunch of interesting chapters. 37, Isaiah's, Hezekiah seeks Isaiah's help. 38, Hezekiah's sickness and recovery recovery and 39 envoys from Babylon all that encompasses them as the result of all of this which he has prophesied and it sets the stage for an eventual takeover by Babylon so Isaiah has prophesied told you what it was and then he goes and he covers the actual events and I'll tell you when we begin where you find this in Kings, where you can look. <clears throat> and so we will once again, Revelation 7, 9 through 17, read that and encourage yourself. And we're going to be at verse, uh, or chapter 36. There's so much in these things. It's just absolutely unreal. Everything connects. And uh, <laughs> there are churches that don't like it to connect. Father, thank you for your word today. We thank you for your mercy. Bless your people as they hear this. Give them the vision and the joy, Lord. Help them to understand what's happening. Take care of them and their families. The devil works hard at destroying families and children. Protect the innocent. Lord, let your healing touch and compassion encircle them. Let your flow and mercy heal them and bring the waters, the eternal waters of our Lord into their soul and heal them. And in Jesus' name, open up their eyes and their hearts to hear, see, and receive. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. We are, of course, 36, more than halfway done. And there's a lot of this that we've got a lot of good stuff coming. But you get in the first portion of Isaiah. There's a lot of prophecy, a lot of stuff about the way things were. 
One of the heaviest, I think, is Isaiah's, uh, what I call the Apocalypse, Isaiah's Apocalypse chapter 24, which we covered. But we're coming to a lot of great stuff. The sad thing of it is, many people, when they see Isaiah, they just walk the other way. When they see some preacher preaching out of the Old Testament, as they call it, People don't understand prophecy today anymore. They only see prophecy as they want to see it. May the Lord help you to see the truth. Okay, Tower. Okay. I really like that last verse. 10, 35, 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness, joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Boy, yeah. we all look forward to that. We've sung that a lot, haven't we? Oh, we have. And I especially think of our brethren who were martyred. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of them. But they're singing. <laughs> they're in Zion now. They haven't yeah. lost. What a day that will be. When our Jesus we, we shall see. see. When we look, look upon his face, face, the one who saved, saved us by his grace. grace. Amen. Yep. So that will be exciting. Yep. Time to say goodbye. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Whenever you do, we love you. We pray for you and hope the best for you in the Lord. Look to him in all your troubles and he will bring you joy and peace good night everybody don't forget to go to warn-usa.com danaglinsmith.com also check out our book and merchandise shop over on danaglinsmith.com we're adding stuff to it we're just getting it really started but it's some of the things that we've had for some while um, that are already in it so check it all out be sure to check us out on various sites. You can go over to our website and find out more. Be safe, be blessed, and be found in the Lord, everybody. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.